0: Live on tape from the Ed Sullivan Theater in New York City. It's Stephen. on I feel sidearm. Please have a seat, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the late show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. Folks. Thank you, citizen. Thank you. Folks, you know, we we work hard, you know? Yeah, we do. And here's here's our job. This is what I believe our job is. We come out here night after night we do our best to cut through all the noise you know all the chaff all the lies mm. just call a thing what it is no focus group no messaging i think it comes out the talk hole <laughs> after i read it off the little thing here <laughs> and that is one of the things i admire most about president joe biden he's a straight shooter well after a year of holding his tongue in the face of constant criticism last night he expressed his true feelings about Fox News White House correspondent and winner of the blandest blonde man and <laughs> blondest bland man awards, Sir Peter Ducey. Biden was uh, meeting with members of his administration to discuss the ongoing problem of inflation when Ducey tried to squeeze in what I suppose could be described as a question.
1: No, That's oh,
2: a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch.
0: What a stupid son of a bitch. Unbelievable. That's right. Old Joey's back. I've reached peak old man, given zero malarquies. Peter Ducey IS a stupid son of a bitch. Cousin Alice's tuna noodle casserole, wet. The baby's got a pointy head. Weird little gremlin. The media it was actually me. The media. Has described this moment as a hot mic. I'm not sure why it's a hot mic when he's at a press conference in front of a bunch of reporters talking into the same microphone he's been using the entire time. <laughs> That's like a celebrity walking the red carpet, popping open their shirt and going, oops, nip, slip. <laughs> Later that night, Biden did something I forgot presidents could do. He apologized because he's a gentleman as young Master Ducey explained. Within about an hour of that exchange, he called my cell phone and uh, he said, it's nothing personal, pal. And then he told me, I got to go. And I said, okay. And he said, geez, what a jackass. And I said, I can still hear you. And he goes, it's nothing personal, pal. (laughs) Now, it is never, for the record, let me put it out there, okay? It's never appropriate for a president of the United States to have a potty mouth. But it's especially egregious to call Peter Ducey the son of a bitch. We did some fact-checking, and he's actually the son of Fox & Friends host Steve Ducey. So if anything, he's the son of a deuce. <laughs> a, a real deuce bag, if you will. It's true. That's, we fact-checked that, Chris. <laughs> On the other hand, he has tested positive for stupid in the past. Has your
1: relationship with the president frayed to the point that you... Are not going to support anything that he comes to you and asks Why would
0: forward you forward? say something that stupid? Why would you ask something that dumb? McCain and Biden aren't the only important people to lose it over a stupid Peter Deucey question. It's been happening for decades. Are you a crook? And do you think that will hurt you in the midterms? WELL, I AM NOT A CROOK, BUT YOU SURE ARE A DICK. THIS AFTERNOON, AFTER A VISIT TO A SMALL BUSINESS IN D.C., PRESIDENT BIDEN STOPPED INTO A LOCAL ICE CREAM PARLOR TO GET HIMSELF A LITTLE TREAT. WHAT KIND OF ICE CREAM, YOU WONDERING? INTREPID REPORTERS REPORTED INTREPIDLY THAT IT WAS TWO SCOOPS, LIGHT-COLORED FLAVOR ON THE BOTTOM, DARKER ICE CREAM ON THE TOP. OR AS MITCH MCCONNELL WOULD DESCRIBE IT, DARK ICE CREAM AND ICE CREAM. So, Mitch McConnell, you see, Mitch McConnell, he did the... I get it, I get it, I understand, I understand understand the premise. There you go. So, old man enjoys frosty treat. End of story, right? Wrong. Immediately, the right wing got their fudges in a ripple about this. Like far-right agitator Bridget Gabriel, who tweeted, The entire world is crumbling, the economy is crashing, and what is Joe Biden doing? Getting ice cream. Yes, everybody knows you can't have ice cream when you're leader of the free world. If that man gets a brain freeze, technically Kamala Harris is president until it passes. <laughs> Biden. Biden. Kamala Harris fans.
1: Oh yeah. I see <laughs>
0: Kamala Harris fans. Kamala. What that is. Biden has bigger problems than a hot mic and a cold treat. I'm talking, of course, about the situation in Ukraine, or as Vladimir Putin calls it, my crane. <laughs> Things are still pretty tense over there, but one guy who doesn't seem too concerned is Ukrainian president and man who asked his barber for the business Dracula, (laughs) Volodymyr Zelensky. Last week, Zelensky had a message for the Ukrainian people. What should you do? Only one thing. Don't panic. Keep a cool head. Be confident. Be confident in our army and our Ukraine. Okay, that's a great message, but why is he saying it so far to one side? (laughs) Don't panic. You must trust Army. There's no reason to have your bags packed and your car running. Ding dong. Oh, that's the doorbell. I will be back. For their part, Russia is pointing the finger at us for their looming invasion. After moving in more than 100,000 troops, Russian officials blame Western aggression for the crisis. That sounds a little backwards, but as Dostoevsky wrote, he who smelt it dealt it, he who explained it, Ukrained it. <laughs> Some people agree with Dostoevsky fans. Unbelievable. I'm an Alyosha. Some people agree with Russia, like disgraced former national security ADVISER and a man about to show you his box of baby teeth. MICHAEL FLYNN. IN A NEW OP-ED FOR A RIGHT-WING WEBSITE, FLYNN CLAIMS THE BIDEN ADMINISTRATION HAS SOLD AN ILLUSION THAT THE POTENTIAL RUSSIAN INVASION OF UKRAINE IS NOT JUSTIFIED, REASONING THAT AN INCREASED NATO PRESENCE IN EASTERN EUROPE WILL CAUSE AN EXISTENTIAL THREAT TO RUSSIA. THAT'S VLADIMIR PUTIN'S EXACT ARGUMENT. FLYNN WENT ON TO WRITE, those who say a man can't ride a polar bear shirtless deserve poison underpants. Nipples were meant to breathe. Is that good enough, lad? Please don't release the pictures. <laughs> Flynn's. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. I don't. What pictures? What pictures, John? I haven't seen the pic like that. Oh yeah. Sherbert. Yeah. Oh, Sherbert. Flynn's not the only right-wing apologist for the murderous dictator. There's also Fox News host Tucker Carlson, seen here. SEEN HERE AS THE GREEN m M&M and MELTS IN HIS MOUTH AND HIS HAND. <laughs> ON LAST NIGHT'S SHOW, OLD TRUCKER NUTS DEFENDED PEOPLE LIKE FLYNN WHO WERE ROOTING FOR RUSSIA TO INVADE UKRAINE FOR THE THIRD TIME. WAIT A SECOND, WHY IS IT DISLOYAL TO SIDE WITH RUSSIA, BUT LOYAL TO SIDE WITH UKRAINE? THEY'RE BOTH FOREIGN COUNTRIES THAT DON'T CARE ANYTHING ABOUT THE UNITED STATES. KIND OF STRANGE. NO. <laughs> YOU'RE KIND OF STRANGE. Can you? What do you even say to someone who makes an argument that dumb? Shut up, Putin Stooge. <laughs> Thank you, Let's go straight to that. There you go. Maybe he's being influenced by his new sponsor, Comrade Pillow. Sleep so good it make girls go wow, wow, wow. We got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, meanwhile.
2: Listen to Avatar: Brave the Elements wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hey, John, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm feeling good. How are you? I like the little. You got a little little. Dollop of of springtime, yeah. There. Yes, it's kind of like ice cream. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Early little early blooming crocus over there. Yes, yeah, and yes. the socks. You're showing up. You're not hiding the socks under a bushel. That's for sure. That's right. Sky yeah. blue, baby. I, the colors I like in in the world I love to be in. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs>
2: Boom, 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 boom,
0: boom. Yes. Resurrection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joy Reed uh, is oh, yeah. going to be on here tonight. Joy Reed. Yeah. Thomas Middleditch, Be Positive, is on here. I'm going to ask, you be, I think she has, a, she has a podcast, doesn't she? Joy Reed have a podcast. Does she ever seen? I think she's got a podcast. Uh, okay. I think yeah. she has a podcast. Yeah. You know I has, you know has a podcast? We have a podcast. WE have show a, has a podcast, podcast yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah. So if you're at home, if you're watching this and you went, boy, I really enjoyed watching this, I wonder what it would be like if I couldn't see Stephen. I don't know why you would do that. I don't know why you'd wanna, you know, miss the moneymaker, but it's, you know, on the treadmill, on the treadmill right now, if you're on treadmill right now, listen to this podcast, you can do it. Dig down, keep going. You got it, baby. Uh No pain, no gain. You gotta put it all on the table, hunker down, you gotta be in it to win it. You gotta play to win. Go, 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 go. Uh Uh-huh. High tight butt. High tight butt. (laughs) That's it? Just put that on a loop. Put that on a loop. Folks. You know, if you watch the show, you know I spend a lot of my time right over there, carefully welding together the day's top stories, forged from the finest news metals, wiring in the most efficient high-speed engine. Then I combine the most topical titanium accents with Italian current events craftsmanship to create the bespoke Triumph motorcycle that is my monologue. But sometimes, just, just sometimes, folks... AFTER STANDING TOO LONG OVER AN EPHEDRINE BARREL FIRE, I STUMBLE INTO A DEFUNCT BODY SHOP, SLAP A HALF-EMPTY CANISTER OF PROPANE ONTO A STOLEN HUFFY, WRAP IT IN NEWSPAPER AND BITS OF CAUTION TAPE THAT I swipe FROM A STILL ACTIVE CRIME SCENE, AND HOOK IT UP TO AN OLD MILK JUG FULL OF nitrous I STOLE FROM A BLACK MARKET ORTHODONTIST <laughs> IN ORDER TO MAKE THE FLAMING DEATH ROCKET OF NEWS THAT IS MY SEGMENT. MEANWHILE! I GOT IT ON RAILS, BABY! I corner like I'm on rails. You don't know. You, ne- you never even raced for papers. Meanwhile, in online shopping news, a New Jersey toddler ordered nearly $2,000 worth of furniture on Walmart's website. Kids today. When I was a toddler, you had to hitchhike to Raymore and Flanagan, stand on each other's shoulders inside a trench coat, sign up for the layaway plan for that Ottoman you had your eye on. ACCORDING TO HIS MOTHER, SHE HAD CREATED A CART ON HER PHONE, BUT NEVER CHECKED IT OUT, AND HER SON WAS THE ONE WHO BOUGHT THE HOUSEHOLD ITEMS THAT HIS MOTHER HAD BEEN LOOKING AT. OH, REALLY? IS THAT THE MOTHER'S STORY? OH, LOOK, SWEETIE, LITTLE BILLY ORDERED ME a FOUR NIGHTS AT AN ALL-INCLUSIVE SPA. I HOPE HE DIDN'T ACCIDENTALLY EMAIL YOUR PARENTS THAT THEY SHOULDN'T COME FOR CHRISTMAS. BAD BOY. <laughs> MEANWHILE... Meanwhile, Miller Lite is opening a bar in the Metaverse for the Super Bowl, which explains their new slogan, Miller Lite, now there's a reason it tastes like nothing. <laughs> not, a not a sponsor? Not a sponsor? I don't know. I don't know. And it's, it's not only confusing, it's also exclusive, because the Metaverse bar will be the sole place... WHERE FANS CAN WATCH MILLER Lite's BIG GAME AD. PERFECT FOR ANYONE WHO THOUGHT, MAN, I LOVE COMMERCIALS, BUT I WISH I HAD TO WORK HARDER TO ACCESS THEM <laughs> WHILE MY AVATAR DRINKS THIS IMAGINARY CAN OF CARBONATED DISAPPOINTMENT. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. MEANWHILE, WE HERE AT MEANWHILE GLOBAL WASTE SHIPPING AND CRYPTO MEDICAL SUPPLY. SOMETIMES COME ACROSS SO MANY STORIES ABOUT FEMALE MONARCHS THAT THEY CANNOT BE PROPERLY ADDRESSED IN OUR NORMAL, LOWLY MEANWHILE, AND MUST BE ESCALATED TO OUR MORE REGAL MEANWHILE SUBSEGMENT, QUEENWHILE. (laughs) QUEENWHILE. QUEEN Queen ELIZABETH IS RELEASING HER OWN ROYAL CONDIMENTS. (laughs) MAKES SENSE. THE ROYAL FAMILY CLEARLY ENJOYS COVERING THINGS UP. (laughs) THE QUEENS... Queen's new condiments include tomato sauce, a vague term Brits use for ketchup. <laughs> Appropriate, since everything they eat in England is vaguely food. <laughs> also, if they call ketchup tomato sauce, what do the hell they call tomato sauce? <laughs> Charles, do pass the Italy juice. <laughs> I'd like some more on my wet dough strings. <laughs> That's my no, no, no. Let's just share the silence. Let's sh- <laughs> LET'S JUST SHARE THE SILENCE FOR A MOMENT. THERE YOU GO. QUEEN <laughs> WHILE, OVER IN THE ANIMAL KINGDOM, JAPAN'S MONKEY QUEEN FACES A CHALLENGE TO HER REIGN. HERE'S WHAT'S HAPPENING. THIS NINE-YEAR-OLD MACAQUE NAMED YAKEI RESIDES AT THE Takasaki Yama NATURAL ZOOLOGICAL GARDEN. WHERE SHE VIOLENTLY OVERTHREW THE ALPHA MALE OF HER TROOP TO BECOME THE FIRST FEMALE LEADER IN THE RESERVE'S 70-YEAR HISTORY. SHE SHATTERED THE GLASS CEILING BY HURLING HER POOP AT IT. <laughs> BUT THINGS COULD BE ABOUT TO CHANGE FOR Yake BECAUSE DURING PREVIOUS BREEDING SEASONS, Yake PAIRED WITH A MONKEY NAMED GORO. BUT SINCE THEN, ANOTHER MAN NAMED LUFFY HAS TRIED TO WOO Yake, SO Yake COULD FEASIBLY FORM PAIR BONDS WITH BOTH GORO AND LUFFY, over the course of this breeding season, and now experts wonder if she may be vulnerable to a usurper. Hey, it's 2022. <laughs> How is this a problem? She's hot and she can form as many pair bonds if she wants. If anything, this makes her more powerful. It's like these researchers haven't even seen the macaque. <laughs> Babe. Babe. Babe, what's up? I can't believe you picked bugs off Goro in the banana suite. He's not here for the right reasons. Meanwhile, Lay's is making chips from potatoes grown in soil from NFL stadiums. So get excited for their new flavor sour cream and linebacker teeth.
2: Up next, Joy Reid. I'm
0: Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wildcard, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me
2: on Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts, only from NPR.
0: Gentlemen, my first guest tonight is a political analyst for MSNBC and host of The Readout. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Joy Reid. Thanks so much for being here. Always great to be here. Good to see you. There's so much to talk about. And yes. you're, you know, come on, real news person. <laughs> you know, we make our jokes, ha But some serious stuff is going on. Yeah. Yesterday, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin put 8,500 troops on heightened alert. From what you have learned, what does heightened alert mean? Have they moved from like decaf to regular? (laughs) What what, what does that actually mean?
2: I'm sure they are definitely moving to regular because Mm -hmm. it's stressful. I mean, and you know, we were looking this up just on the show. I mean, the last time we've been on this much of an alert for U.S. troops to take action, Mm -hmm. you know, in in, on the European continent was like Kosovo. You know, it was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. It is a serious situation.
0: The USS Harry Truman is in the Mediterranean right now. You know, flying with a NATO fleet, and that hasn't happened since the. Cold War.
2: It, it, it is frightening, but the thing is, what's interesting, you know, one of our great um, international reporters, Matt Bradley, is actually in Kiev, and in that, in that, in that city, they're not panicking. You know, the panic is all external. At least the vibe inside of you know Ukraine right now is, look, we're constantly under this threat. Russia is constantly threatening us. We are going to live our lives.
0: I know that's what I get from it. Not that there's nothing wrong, but they're like at this point what are you <laughs> worried about?
2: They they're treating it kind of the way a lot of Americans are treating COVID. Like, yeah, you know, I uh, uh-huh. you know.
0: But this is the thing is that this is not the this if if uh, Vladimir Putin goes in Is it true that it has to happen fairly soon if he does because of something about the terrain in the eastern Ukraine? Yeah,
2: there's issues with the terrain. And also, I mean, honestly, this is a country that is not exactly doing well economically, right? Like, Russia doesn't have a lot going for it. So, I mean, the the sanctions could hurt them. You know, Vladimir Putin himself is quite rich, you know, allegedly, and made billions of dollars. But, you know, his country's relatively poor. It's sort of a declining oil oligarchy. So it's not as if this is a smart move for him. It's not a a wise move. If he did it, he'd have to do it quickly. And THE RAMIFICATIONS WOULD BE BRUTAL FOR HIM. SO, YOU KNOW, IT JUST GOES TO SHOW YOU THAT HE'S REALLY NOT ALL, HE'S NOT ALL RIGHT.
0: WELL, WHAT DOES THE SMART MONEY SAY ABOUT THE POSSIBLE DUMB DECISION OF DOING THIS? LIKE, WHAT IS THE MOTIVATION? IS THERE A SENSE OF WHAT THAT IS?
2: IT'S KIND OF DIFFICULT TO SAY. I MEAN, IF YOU KIND OF LOOK AT, YOU KNOW, PUTIN AS A PERSONALITY, HE'S SOMEONE WHO, AT LEAST THE analysts THAT WE PUT ON THAT WE TALK TO, THEY TALK ABOUT THIS COMPLEX THAT HE HAS. HE CAN'T GET OVER the fall of the USSR. He longs for the, you know, he's an old KGB guy. Mm -hmm. And he can't, his ego, his sort of sense of self can't get past the fact that in his mind he should be a a great power equal to the United States. And he wants respect. It's sort of very similar to Kim Jong-un. It's sort of, he needs to feel important. And so he makes these moves because he is afraid that these countries like Ukraine that used to be aligned with the old Soviet empire want to be with the West, they don't want to be on his team and he can't take it. I, I'm old
0: enough to remember the truism that every Soviet leader would try to test a new president of the yeah. United States to basically do do an acid test to see mm-hmm. what the reaction would be to Soviet aggression. Yeah. Could it be part of that too? Just say like who what are we dealing with here going out into the future? What I need to know now before his presidency continues.
2: And I think it's I think it's especially true after the previous president who was such a toady. To, to Putin yes. and you know and sucked up to him well, um, that gets
0: me to my that takes me to my next question is what do you make of the Republicans out there who are and there, there may be others, but it seems to come from the right saying that we should be supporting Russia that they 've got a reason to do this that yeah. why are we treating that as a bad thing if Russia goes in? Do you have any idea of where that comes from because it seems like a pretty BIG FLIP It is FOR THE PEOPLE WHO ARE WORRIED ABOUT COMMUNISM TAKING OVER THE UNITED STATES.
2: YOU KNOW, IT'S INTERESTING THAT you know THERE ARE A LOT OF WAYS IN WHICH I THINK DONALD TRUMP JUST EXPOSED THINGS ABOUT THE UNITED STATES THAT MAYBE WE DIDN'T WANT TO KNOW ABOUT OURSELVES. Mm-hmm. BUT THIS IS THE ONE FUNDAMENTAL WAY THAT HE CHANGED IT. I MEAN, THE IDEA THAT YOU HAVE PEOPLE LIKE TUCKER, LITERALLY, HE APPEARS ON RUSSIAN STATE TV. MORE THAN MOST RUSSIAN ANCHORS DO. THEY'RE PLAYING HIS CLIPS BACK BECAUSE HE'S ON THEIR SIDE. THE FACT THAT DONALD TRUMP HAS LED A POLITICAL PARTY THAT HAD RONALD REAGAN AS THEIR PREVIOUS SORT OF PATRON SAINT INTO THE ARMS OF RUSSIAN PROPAGANDA, INTO THE ARMS OF Russia's VIEW OF THE WORLD, THAT HE FLIPPED THAT PARTY. I MEAN, THERE ARE RUSSIAN MEMBERS OF CONGRESS WHO ARE GETTING FRANTIC, ANGRY PHONE CALLS IN THEIR OFFICES DEMANDING THAT THEY SIDE WITH RUSSIA, SAYING RUSSIA'S GOT REASONABLE DEMANDS. AND THAT WE SHOULD GIVE in to THEM, I MEAN, THAT IS ONE WAY IN WHICH DONALD TRUMP'S REALLY SYCOPHANCY TO RUSSIA HAS INFECTED THAT ENTIRE PARTY. THEY LITERALLY WANT US TO SIDE WITH with RUSSIA AGAINST WESTERN INTERESTS, AND IT ALSO IS, I THINK, THE GOOD NEWS OF IT IS THAT WHAT THIS SHOWS IS THAT IN ONE WAY WHEN PRESIDENT BIDEN SAYS AMERICA IS BACK, HE'S RIGHT IN THE SENSE THAT IT'S CLEAR TO RUSSIA THAT NATO IS BACK, THAT WE'RE BACK IN LINE WITH OUR TRADITIONAL ALLIES. THAT IS
0: SOMETHING THAT YOU SORT OF FORGET, BECAUSE (laughs) Americans don't keep foreign policy on their mind that much, is that there was a real degradation of our NATO alliance under the previous president, and then Joe Biden has spent a year getting that back together. That's right. Okay, a potential war with Russia is tough enough for your average Monday. Yeah. But yesterday, perhaps just as hard, Joe Biden felt it necessary to apologize (laughs) to Peter Ducey (laughs) for calling him on a hot mic, a stupid son of a bitch, when it is When is it <laughs> appropriate for a president to call a reporter a stupid son of a bitch?
2: Can I just tell you, I feel like this Republican crowd could not have survived Lyndon Baines Johnson. I mean, Lyndon Johnson used to say, come in here, I'm on the toilet. I need you, uh, member of Congress or senator, come talk to me now. I- I'm gonna flush before I'm done. Like, right, total they, power play. Total power play. I mean, this guy was vulgar. I mean, I'm sure he called people much of, much worse than a, than a son of a bitch. I mean, the idea that they're the snowflakery about people who love to say, let's go Brandon. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh my God, you can't... Call Peter Deuce. You can't, I mean, really? Grow up, y'all. Come on. That's not the worst thing a president. John McCain has said worse. Get over it. These are adults. They're all adults.
0: We have to take a quick break, but stick around. When we come back, I will ask Joy about the press's coverage of Biden. Hey, everyone. It's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life, almost, feeling like a failure. It's appropriate, though, because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives, is the whole point. Each week, I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts. At his marathon press conference last week, uh, President Biden said, uh, quote, uh, members of the media, quote, talk about how nothing has happened in his first year. Yeah. AND THE FACT OF THE MATTER IS, WE GOT AN AWFUL LOT DONE. IS THAT A FAIR COMPLAINT BY JOE BIDEN? BECAUSE THERE IS A WHOLE LOT OF TALK IN THE MEDIA, NO OFFENSE, ALSO MSNBC, ABOUT THE AGENDA STALLING. Mm -hmm. AND, YOU KNOW, I'M SURE HE WOULD LIKE TO GET EVERYTHING DONE OR his, HIS BASE WOULD LIKE TO GET EVERYTHING DONE. What do you make of his first year, and is he right to complain about the description?
2: I think, you know, all presidents complain about the press. You know, President Obama didn't like the press. No no one really likes the press when you work in politics because you're never going to get the coverage you want. Um, But I think in one sense, Biden has a point. Um, I think that the media, you know, I I like to say that, you know, the media does have two biases, right, change and conflict. Mm -hmm. right? So if we see change, we run toward that, and that's interesting. Change is a
0: new thing to talk about. Change
2: is new. You know, President Obama, that was an exciting sort of change in in America's culture and politics. You know, the media will gravitate toward change and conflict, but the media doesn't want to be in conflict necessarily with a president, but the idea of almost like a sports-like conflict between the parties is kind of where the media tends to go. That's not necessarily healthy when we're dealing with, like, the decline of democracy, which is actually not a sporting event, and we should probably take that seriously, and there are two sides and there is one right side to being for or against democracy and i think the media has failed there but i think also you know complicated things like inflation and economics it's just easier to cover it like a sporting event the republicans say this democrats say that and to sort of lay things at the feet of the president where he might not be able to do anything about it i doubt any president can reverse inflation it's just not a thing they do so i think that yes in a sense there has been Policy is boring, and so the media won't cover the sort of policies that are just working their way normally through Congress, and he signs them. What about about the criticism
0: for not being able to get um, uh, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema to support a change to the filibuster? There's a lot of sturm and drang about that directed at the administration. Yeah. And obviously some to those two people, too. But is there anything he could have done?
2: Well, I think... And Biden is going to get that, I think... Doubly because he is a man of the Senate. And he did run proclaiming that he could create this bipartisanship and that he could make certain things happen. His long tenure in the Senate is working against him in that sense. Every president says that. They that. all say that. that. They oh, did. I can work. Imagined, I'll get though, it done, yeah. everybody. But I think I, I, if I had to give one big criticism to the administration, I think they made one big mistake. When you're negotiating, particularly with difficult parties like Joe Manchin, and everybody, you know, he knows Joe Manchin's difficult. He's always been that way. Um, You don't negotiate by saying, let me just give you everything you want. Now, can I get something? The one thing he wanted was that infrastructure bill. You gave it to him. What makes you think you have leverage over him now? he 's already figured out how they 're going to spend that money in West Virginia and what things are going to be named mansion mansion bridge mansion you know he 's already figured out how to spend that money there's nothing left to give him. he does not want build back better that 's clear he does not care about the child tax credit he clearly doesn't care about you know anything that 's going to help the poor like you know he's on in his yacht and his maserati he doesn't care so I think that and that was an administration mistake they shouldn't have. THE IDEA OF NEGOTIATING WITH HIM BY GIVING HIM EVERYTHING HE WANTS AND THEN BEGGING HIM TO HELP YOU WITH THE THINGS HE DOESN'T CARE ABOUT, mm-hmm. I THINK THAT WAS A STRATEGIC MISTAKE.
0: NOW, YOU you HAVE SAID... <laughs> YOU'RE IN THE THIRD YEAR, WELL INTO THE THIRD YEAR OF YOUR SHOW, AND YOU'VE OFTEN SAID, QUOTE, SCARING IS CARING. <laughs> WHAT IS THE LINE BETWEEN SCARING AND uh, PROVIDING ANXIETY TO AN AUDIENCE UNNECESSARILY? Yeah. For the eyeballs.
2: Yeah, and we talk, I mean, this is probably the thing we talk about most during our, our lengthy morning call um, that can go on and on and on because we 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 really do care about what we're talking about. I mean, one of the reasons I love my job is that I'm doing I'm doing and talking about things that I deeply care about. I really am concerned about our democracy. And, and I'm not just saying that to do scaring is caring. I'm worried. You know, that we're going to a place in this country that we won't be able to pull back from. And if if we go too far and lose, I mean, democracies fall fast. And they fall when you're not watching and you're not paying attention. And the ways in which our democracy is crumbling, they scare me, right? But we have to give that message out in a way that doesn't make people want to watch the show from under their bed, (laughs) because that's not healthy. So we try to have a little levity in the show. We try to have a little bit of a light heart in the show. And we try to do some things that are fun. Because I think that even when things are bad, you still need to smile, right? You still need, which is why I love your show, which is why I love to watch you. Because um, otherwise you would crumble.
0: Yeah, no crumbling.
2: No crumbling. No, no crumbling We can't afford to crumble. We need to be able to fight, right? And, and I think part of the fight is keeping our sense of humor and not letting the forces that want to break us as a country and break our democracy break us personally, right? We need to mm-hmm. fight joyfully.
0: Right, you can't be overwhelmed. Joy,
2: yeah. well, thank you
0: so much for being here. The Readout airs weeknights on MSNBC. Joy Reid, everybody. Coming up, Thomas Middleton.
1: Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is an actor you know from the hit HBO series, Silicon Valley. He now stars in the CBS sitcom, Be Positive. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Thomas Middleditch.
1: Hey. Uh, how you been? Uh, you know, great, stellar, absolutely Fantastic. Past few years have no complaints.
0: That's great. That's great. Well, listen. You actually, uh, you did something that I really admire, and, and I am kind of moved by every time I hear about somebody doing it. You, sir, since the last time I talked to you, have become a United States citizen, right there. Oh. I like. You don't have to. You don't. Half inside. You don't have to do that. Oh. <laughs> to do that. That's really lovely. I got a yeah. soft spot in my heart for the people who chose this place. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, uh, it, was, uh,
1: it was a special moment. I aced the test, which was pretty cool.
0: Cool. Yeah. Is there, there is a test, right? Yeah,
1: there's a test. They ask you questions. Uh, like, you, who's
0: the 16th president? Stuff like that? That's
1: way too hard for the test. <laughs> really? Who was Abraham Lincoln? Uh, that's way too hard. It's what? Like, was? name one state. And you're like, UH, Delaware! Um, but it, yeah, it was correct. It was really, correct. Uh, really How many inspiring. questions on this test? Um, you, there are ten. <laughs> there wow. Are, there are a hundred that you should know, and they'll only ask you ten. And I think if you get like six right in a row, they're like, "It's good enough." Wow. Yeah. Wow. But it was pretty cool. Like you, uh, it was you know during COVID, so the ceremony took place outside, and everyone's like adequately spaced. Sure. Um, How many people in your group? Uh, I don't know, maybe about thirty or so, and um, you know, they you take this pledge, and you know, I I came from Canada, so it was it just like my biggest problem was like it took a while, but you know, for some people they're in tears because who knows what journey they had to get there, and it just it was a profound moment of like wow, I mean for for some folks you know America it, it. no place is flawless, but sure. for a lot of people, it's like that Willy Wonka golden ticket of like, now my life is going to change dramatically. And that was that was that's special wonderful. to be around. That's,
0: that's what I love about naturalization ceremonies. Yeah. Do you feel, first of all, welcome aboard? Thanks. I wish I had a whistle. Oh,
1: I bought 50 guns. I <laughs> rode an eagle you. and shot fireworks from <laughs> underneath the wings at a Ford truck. <laughs> As Ted Nugent was like, I'm proud to be an American, or at least I know I'm free, or whatever. Whoever Lee says Lee Greenwood. Lee Thank Greenwood. You.
0: That's Thank on the you. test. Is that not on the oh, test? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Good thing I didn't get that question. Wait, Why wait. did you want to be an American? I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's not on the test. Yeah. No, JUST BECAUSE, well, you know, I'd been here for so long through work visas and green cards, and yeah. I don't know. The the big jump is to finally, you know, take part in in. Your democratic uh, process. I yes. come from Canada. We have democracy there. But, I UNDERSTAND, I uh, UNDERSTAND. <laughs> but yeah. it was just—it's just sort of—you—it just, sort of, you, just becomes more official, and you just kind of get to take part. Do you,
0: Do you, Did you have to like renounce, you know, Ryan Gosling or anything? Did you have to? How did you? Do you have to renounce? Do, and are you,
1: what do you think of Trudeau? Uh, I hate him. Good. <laughs>
0: Is—are is, you a dual citizen now? Uh, I am. Yeah, I got. Wow.
1: Yeah, so I can escape up north. Oh, the water wars come, brother. (laughs) I'm gonna have all the fresh drinking water you can have.
0: Do you say those Do you say those Canadian like Do you What How would you say that word How do you say that word? About (laughs) Stephen. BEN. That's right. But you had to think about it because you were gonna say bean. No. <laughs> you okay. want to do that one, too? Because I know what you want me to say. I don't want you to say. I just want it because... How pasta. Pasta. <laughs> That's the most jarring thing when I go I to know. Toronto. Someone goes, you want to go get some pasta? I'm like, no. Yeah. It's I don't want to get pasta.
1: I'll spend time here and then go back to my hometown, and I'm, I'm like, you guys sound crazy.
0: <laughs> y'all, y'all sound crazy around here. Well, you supported Bernie Sanders in 2020, but you couldn't vote. So yeah. is it Bernie 2024? Uh, I don't know, Maybe. <laughs> All right, good. Keep your powder dry. Yeah. Keep Your powder, secret I'm gonna, I'm
1: gonna see. I'm gonna see Night of. <laughs> I'm gonna check out. What's Night of. Doing I'm for, come around when they're doing like the big like dramatic music of like for. And you have like Voldemort like swishing around me like who will it be, Potter? And you're like uh that dude, or lady.
0: Thank you. Jeez, okay. I don't know. That was very close there. I'm kind of, I'm kind of
1: taking, I'm taking a step back, you know, all that. It's being plugged in all the time to what's going on, I know it feels weird, like a big contrary uh, yep. statement to what <laughs> was previously or just with the guests before. Do I read? Yeah, yeah. Pay attention, right. democracy, and I'm yeah. like, I, I don't know. It's scary. Everyone's twisting each other's arm and pulling each other's hair out. I, I'm tired of it. <laughs> so it's a That's big, a common big feeling. So you've yeah. been
0: you keeping up in the news lately?
1: Uh, not if it happens on social media.
0: You know, oh, I'm me, out of there. No, me either. No. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's like yeah. um, I everything's like... fine, by the way. Everything's fine. Is it? Yeah. What are the big headlines I should know? There about? aren't any. Oh, a bunch of monkeys uh, were in an accident on the highway in Pennsylvania a couple days ago. A hundred monkeys, but they caught them all. Is this real? This is true. It's really happening. <laughs> Let's get to the heat of the meat here. Yeah, you can't get to that are meat. starring. You are starring in the CBS hit sitcom <laughs> Be Positive. Yeah. Now, second season. AS SOMEONE, AS SOMEONE, RIGHT HERE, LET ME SPEAK FROM THE HEART, AS SOMEONE WHO, AS A YOUNG ACTOR, AUDITIONED FOR uh, A THOUSAND SITCOMS mm. AND COULD NOT GET ARRESTED, THOUGH I GOT CALLED BACK FOR Ally MCBEAL, WHAT IS IT LIKE to star in a network sitcom. It's a sweet ride, right?
1: It's a it's a it's a great gig. I will say this, first and foremost, everyone on that show is a treat to work with. Oh, Annal An- nice. An- Ashford is like a joy. Right.
0: And you get to work with extraordinary legends. Oh, oh yes, ex- and like, like legends, of legends. legends on yes. that show. Yeah. Yes. Ben Vereen. <laughs> ben Vereen. Ben Vereen.
1: I ha- Ben Vereen. Is so um, sweet and eccentric. He's mm. got this wonderful little hat that he wears that says like Minister of Fun, mm. <laughs> and befo- uh, the first table read we were at, we're all like um, about ready to read the script and everyone's chatting away and stuff like that. And the assistant d- director is like, I should probably like get things going, and Ben Vereen quietly takes out this little recorder and then just goes, and everyone's like, what? AND WE ALL QUIETED DOWN, AND HE PUT HIS RECORDER AWAY, AND assistant SISTER WAS LIKE, ALL RIGHT, LET'S HAVE THE TABLE raid." AND WE'RE LIKE, OKAY, GOOD. AND HE QUIETED US DOWN WITH HIS MAGICAL FLUTE. THAT'S A PRO. THAT'S
0: A PRO. HE IS AMAZING. THOMAS, IT WAS LOVELY TO SEE YOU. THANKS FOR BEING HERE. THANKS. WELCOME. THIS HAS BEEN THE LATE SHOW POD SHOW WITH STEPHEN COLBERT. IF YOU'RE ENJOYING THE LATE SHOW POD SHOW, Leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 1135, 1035 Central on CBS and Paramount Plus. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube.